We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I do have to rebut Lima in a big, big way today. As I was egregiously attacked on the morning show, my my character, not really, but no, I was I was attacked by Lima, and I will answer that at some point today's show. But as Dusty has taken ill for the day, we're gonna do things a little differently. I'm not just gonna be solo for five hours. Uh, Danny Cunningham's coming in in the final hour and a half of the program uh, from about five thirty on today. So we'll talk with Danny and to start the show. It is my esteemed pleasure. This is the first time we've done this. Back when I was a part timer, I don't think I ever worked on his show. Vice versa. It's Matt Derry joining us now, the pride of Cleveland, Ohio, one half of the Derry Brothers Guardians podcast. What's up, buddy? Here we go. Nick, this is an honor, man, to be on with you, brother. Great to uh, great to uh, mix and mingle for the next hour and 20 minutes. I know. I feel like I've I've, I've almost checked off every, every like, a co-conspirator for Les Levine on the checklist that I've worked with here. <laughs> like, it, it was you and it was Dan McDowell, and I'm oh. just going to say... The Dan McDowell thing is never happening. That dude, I'm pretty sure, doesn't like me. Really? Yeah, you know, so I don't think it has anything to do with me. So my dad and Dan used to work together back at WRRO in Youngstown, for, or war in Youngstown, forever ago. And I was just the kid that always called a show. And that dude hung up on me every time. No, I, I, can, I can, we can make amends with Danny Mac. That's, that's not a problem. I mean, he's... You know, he's stirring up the pot down in Dallas, still has his podcast. But you and I have never, never uh, done a show together? No, I never. Nope, nope, nope. I think maybe cross talk once. Yeah. Maybe once. But uh, I got a week. What a week to be on. First of all, I'm with you about this Cavs thing. Like, you can't play two games there. I I get there's a lot of photo ops and, hey, here we are in front of uh, the Eiffel Tower and all that stuff. But, like, can we play just more than one game? Can we I think also, it's ridiculous. Can we also say I no longer care about NBA players in front of the Eiffel Tower? I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm a jag on this, but I just no, like it's like, it's like oh hey look we're in front yeah everybody does that like yeah okay you got the obligatory shot out of the way can you just play a little bit more I also think Matt it hurts that they're playing the Nets who are five games below 500 and Kaka and who might be the next uh, recipient of Donovan Mitchell. So this game just doesn't have a lot, lot of gas for me, anyways. Well, there's a lot, there's a lot worse teams in Brooklyn, by the way. In that, in that league, there's some really, really bad basketball teams. So, I guess it could be a lot worse. But what a week! I mean, love being on. I mean, with Saturday afternoon, man, it, it can't get in here, it can't get here fast enough. My goodness! Can I just tell you, you got the blood pumping earlier today? Well, okay, so 
Nick and I are on the phone, and I told him, I said, what are we talking about with the Browns? Because, you know, I turned on NFL Network the other day, or it was last night, and someone's like, well, you know, it's uh, very difficult to beat a team twice in their building. I like Houston. I'm like, oh, shut up. The Browns are the better team. Can the Browns just go down there and win this effing game and let's move on? Like, I'm not trying to be cocky, but this notion of it's going to be difficult to win there twice and... Golly gee, C.J. Stroud's really good, and Keith Britton's best friend, Nico Collins, he's real good, and all this stuff. <laughs> Bottom line is, go win. We're, we're, some people nationally are talking about the Browns like there's some rookie organization here that hasn't sniffed the playoffs, like the Lions, in 30 years. And that's not true. Kevin, this coach and a lot of these players won a playoff game a few years ago in Pittsburgh. I know there were no fans in the stands. It was during COVID, but my goodness, the Browns are good, man. Like, Let's go down there and take care of business and shut some of these people up. It does seem like the Browns are back to getting their hair tussled again. There's That was like a big thing leading into the 2020 season where, you know, so many people had kind of jumped on that bandwagon, but it was always kind of in like a unintentionally or maybe sometimes intentionally infantilizing way of just, oh, you're just, it's good for you for being here. And I definitely, I, I 100% sympathize with what you say, like, the national media is not treating the Browns like they are the better team. And, and honestly, it's annoying. Like, it makes it tougher to be unbiased about it and try and say, like, well, here's how you lose. Here's how you win. Like, to be, like, even keel about it. Because it does. Like, the second you said it, I, whether it was – I'm not going to mention specific names because I'm, I'm already in enough media feuds as it is right now with my own station. But, like, <laughs> I – I just think every time I turn on, it's like, well, yeah, it's going to be tough for the Browns. No, I don't think so. Like, the biggest concerns are your defense traveling, and the last time your defense was in Houston, it did pretty darn good. And by and large, like, the matchup thing is interesting to me. But, like, I don't know how you walk into this game thinking Houston is anything other than just the magic of C.J. Stroud. They're a good team. They're well-coached. And like you said, Stroud is awesome. We all know that. I mean, you know, played his college ball right here. So you, you're not you're not discounting them. But I think the narrative, uh, like you said, of cute team. Oh, look, it's the Browns. You know, I talked to Ross Tucker yesterday. I love Ross. Uh, great NFL analyst for Westwood and CBS. And He'll be said, joining us at four. Oh, I love it. And and and. You know, I asked him about an upset, and he he did mention you know kind of just like hey maybe Houston. And it's like, everybody seems to be on board with that, but the Browns are good. The Browns arguably have the best player in football in Miles Garrett. The Browns' offensive line should push the Texans around. We all watched Saturday night last week. I mean, yeah, Houston went into Indian one. That was huge. Win the division, Jacksonville loses and all that. That's pretty cool. But the Colts, Jonathan Taylor almost ran for 200 against that Texans run defense. They're not going up against the the late 70 Steelers here. So, or the 85 Bears. So, for those that are like, "Oh, you know, tough to win twice down." No, Browns are the better team. And I I I think they they should handle their business and make a nice make a run here. Why not? They're good enough. So, I look at it as the things that they don't do well, you ha- or sorry, the things they either do well or don't do well, you have a counter for. Meaning like they don't have a great uh, passing defense, which means that you should be Joe Flacco should be able to connect with Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore and put up some yardage. So like that's a that's a matchup thing that I think favors you, even if their quarterback is the quote unquote better quarterback physically than yours. 
I also think, like, listen, C.J. Stroud's hard to stop, but you have two things that I, any team would kill for three high-level starting cornerbacks, including Denzel Ward, who I think takes on Nico Collins this weekend and I think has a chance to kind of slow him down or shut him down. And then the other thing you have is an elite pass rush with one of the best pass rushers in the game. I think if you had either one of those, it would give you an advantage over Houston. You have both. Yeah. So, like, that to me is where, like, okay, scoring points. Well, you can go through the air and you can go through the ground. You got a chance. And then when it comes to stopping points, you have what you need. And not just to stop CJ, but this is where, like, the big, the longer-term conversation, you also have the guys that you're kind of built to kind of slow down the Mahomeses and the Burroughs because – you need stout coverage, and you need to be able to get after the quarterback consistently. I mean, that's that's the formula for San Francisco where the offense – that's not that it hasn't mattered, but where it has mattered less because of how dominant that defense is and what that defense is good at. No, I, I think you bring up you, – you're, you're spot on. You bring up great points. They won 11 football games, and a big reason for that is they went up front on the with the offensive line, even without their arguably best player – and Nick Chubb, at least best offensive player for all, you know, most of the season. And then defense. I mean, if we're talking about the Browns with their defensive line from last season, yeah, we could go, uh-oh. Other than Garrett, who is there? Who's there? Nobody. You know, a, a disinterested clowny and a few others. Now, they built the D lineup. It's not just Garrett. He's got help. And that's where you win. And I, I look, Houston's done well. And, yes, the, 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 the flash at quarterback – Dude's the real deal. I mean, man, I know you got a lot of buddies down in Charlotte. They're kicking themselves for not taking this kid. But I still think it's Team 111 games for a reason. Sure, it's going to be cool to go, oh, if I'm going to pick an upset, I'm going to take the four seed that's an underdog in Vegas. But I don't know, man. I, 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 I think the Browns are the better team. And just handle your business. Go down there and take care of it. I'm not, sa- I'm not cocky saying it's a lock and put all your money down and bet the mortgage. But this talk of, huh, golly gee. Nick, it's going to be tough to win down there twice. They're not going to the old kingdom, <laughs> right? They're not playing at Arrowhead. You know, those fans down there are fine, but well, the, the, the illustrious Texans fan base, oh, that scares me. That place is going to be rocking. All, All right. 12 of them. <laughs> right. I mean, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit on that. So I think what's funny is you're hinting, you know, Ken Carmen did a, a bit on, on Monday that he was called out for by Houston Radio. Uh, asking where the buzz was for this game. And I can't decide whether people are just nervous about the game because it's a playoff game. All the, all the old well, like, we're cliches. Fans. We're all from yes. Cleveland. Of course we're nervous. Or whether we just kind of look down on this game and we just want to hit Sim and go to either Baltimore, Miami, or Kansas City next week. Or, sorry, Baltimore, Buffalo, or Kansas City next week. Because I kind of think there are some fans – that are not sleeping on the Texans, but sleeping on this game, thinking like, ah, you've beat them. Ah, let's just go ahead. This, th- It's actually, no, it's more that this just lacks prestige because you're playing the Texans who are playing with house money and who in and of themselves, not an illustrious franchise. Pete Carroll is out in Seattle. You know, everybody's like shocked. He's 72. And, they, and they're saying he's going to stay in the front office probably. So is that really a firing or do they sit down and go, Bro, you're 72. It might be time. Because they've kind of tre- been treading water the last few years. A little bit. I mean, they're not bad. They haven't been bad. 
but I think you picked the right coach to go bro to because Pete Carroll is a 72 year old <laughs> bro. I mean, I think it's just shocking because the the Carroll and, and Schneider thing has worked so long, and oh, even yeah. you you met they they have been treading water, but that that they've still elevated the Seattle franchise to a level that like I I thought Pete would and maybe Pete like decided this of his own volition. If that's true, then you know I 72. He's earned the right to walk off in the sunset. But if they let go of him, it makes me wonder whether they have the guy, right? Like maybe is this one of the franchises that saw Vrabel get gone and thought to themselves, hey, let's let's get that guy in here and he can kind of help bridge and build what we kind of built here the first place. Yeah, I, you do wonder about that because if the, maybe it was, hey, Pete, you're back next year. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Oh, my gosh. Vrabel's available? And maybe Schneider called him last night and said, look, you want you want in? And maybe Vrabel said, yeah, I want to coach. But again, everybody thinks Vrabel's going to New England, but Belichick's in his business-as-usual routine up there. Doesn't sound like that's happening today, I wouldn't think. So maybe Seattle's pouncing on uh, on a candidate they didn't think would be available. So, you know, it's interesting about that. Ian Rappaport also just tweeting out the Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn would quickly be considered a strong candidate to replace Pete Carroll, who now exits as head coach. I, the Dan Quinn stuff is weird. Like the 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 growing legacy of what he is. Like he's a good retread coach, but like I'm not moving off a Hall of Fame head coach just to ensure that I get Dan Quinn. Like I I feel like with that resume, I feel like there are plenty of other coaches you could have found retreads with that same resume a year from now or two years from now. I don't think that's making me move off Pete Carroll. I I, I still cannot get, ever get past Dan Quinn having blowing that lead in the Super Bowl. <laughs> He's a great defensive court. Like you said, don't get me wrong. Excellent coach. And he did a nice job at Atlanta. It wasn't, there's a lot worse head coaches than Dan Quinn, but I, me personally, I just can't, can't, can't get past that choke job. <laughs> I can't. I, uh, I don't think anybody can, uh, but this is the power. I'll also say this is the power of just the, the, it's this power of the star. Like it, I don't know what it is that you go that you can just go to Dallas and if Dallas is winning, you just get talked about more. I don't even know that it actually improves your actual prestige, but like I feel like you know like John Fossil, um, Jim Fossil's kid is the special teams coach. He's like fifty. I don't know why I'm calling him his kid, um, but like he's gotten some run in head coaching stuff, and it's just like, I mean, even Brian Schottenheimer, he's oh getting some love in coaching circles as a potential head coach. And oh. all of it is he's what winning about, in Dallas. What about the man that invented offense? Kellen Moore. Come on. Ooh. Right. Man, can you imagine <laughs> firing Brandon Staley just to turn around and, and hire the offensive coordinator that was part of the thing that got uh, Brandon Staley fired? He's, he got an interview, but I don't know if they're going to hire him, but, yeah. uh, but crazy. Hey, future Browns offensive coordinator. If this, uh, if he, if he flames out there, think about it. Spread concepts. I'm just thinking out loud here. Um, well, what, the Browns might not I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it, and I don't want to do say this publicly. But I'm on a radio show, so I better do it. I mean, Jim, another job opening now. I mean, Jim Schwartz, and I know he's got great ties with Tennessee, and they loved him in Tennessee. And of course, he left the Titans to take the Lions head coaching job years ago. I mean, if the Titans want to go in a different direction and hire an offensive minded coach, obviously that's not the choice. But you got to figure Schwartz will get. Get some run when this thing's all said and done, right? I kind of think that he's one of the guys in the playoffs that has the most at stake. I, there's actually a few guys on the Browns, but I think Jim Schwartz as a potential head coaching candidate this offseason starts with the Browns 
And the Browns' defense leading the way to a win this weekend against Houston. And the other guy that I think it's crucial for is Joe Flacco. I think Joe Flacco could make himself a couple extra millions of dollars for next year and beyond if he goes out there this weekend in in at 430, looks like the guy he has the last couple weeks where he's making big plays and, you know, there's going to be some mistakes, but I think if he goes out there and drops 300 on Houston and you win by a tutty or, or more, yeah, I, I think Jim Schwartz and Joe Flacco can make themselves a lot of money and a lot of opportunities this weekend. Yeah, no, I mean that, and look, as fans, we just sit here and go win the football game, do your thing. It's not about, uh oh, well, Flacco played so well, and Nick Wilson said on the fan that <laughs> that now he's going to leave because he's going to get all this money or whatever it is. But like, bottom line is, is that you feel good about this Browns game Saturday because of the way Flacco's playing. And even when the Browns went into Pittsburgh years ago, and I know there were no fans there, it was COVID. I don't think I, there were still plenty of. You know, there were plenty of Baker stands, but there were also plenty of anti-Baker people. So, oh, he, Steelers in the playoffs, no way. And he played really well. So, like, now there's more confidence in the quarterback in a big game in this town in a long time. I'm not calling this, you know, the Lord Bernie in 86 against, you know, the Jets or whomever, but, like, it's close. I mean, people are on this bandwagon and feel very good about this quarterback. What do you think Crazy. about the Don Strock comparisons? Well... That was one game in 88 or two games. You know, I, I mean, Don Strzok was on the beach and he was like 40 something. Remember he came up to Cleveland for that game and it was snowing and the dude, the, the dude had a, had a tan like no other. I mean, you gotta, you gotta throw Joe Flacco in some sort of tanning bed in Brunswick or something to, uh, <laughs> to compare him to Don Strzok. That's a good call, though. We do have uh, some Ohio State news coming out as uh, third year. This is just, it just hit the inbox here. Uh, that uh, special teams coach Parker Fleming is out in Columbus, and Matt Guerreri, I believe that's how I'm saying that, or I'm just going to butcher the hell out of it, is the new safeties coach with additional responsibilities to be assigned. So more coaching news in the Ohio State front, uh, more more coaching news in the NFL. Pete Carroll is out, but you know we we kind of have we started the conversation about a rematch and how much the rematch does matter. the The only part of the rematch factor that that does it, that that there's some unknown versus like if if the circumstances were different is they've seen the guys that you're going to put out there on Sunday and they've seen how you're going to attack them you really haven't seen how they're going to try and attack you with their best because not only CJ Stroud was out for that that last Houston game but also you know the the their edge guys were banged up went went out in the middle of the game like i i do think that kind of matters having them, them having a fresher look at you and you kind of ha not really having that same thing of like, well, this is what it would look like if we had Will Anderson, Grenard, and, and C.J. Stroud on the field at the time. Yeah, and look, Will Anderson's a beast. Nobody's discounting that. And, of course, the Browns were able to feast on Houston without Stroud. But I just, to me, like I said before, Browns went up front on the offensive line and the defensive line, don't turn it over, are smart with it, then they should win. I don't care if it's the second time around, third time around. I mean, you know, we've, we've seen some of those matchups before. And, heck, if the Browns win this week and the seeds stay the same and they would go to Baltimore um, next week, like, yeah, I know they've seen them twice. I, I know they hit – we all know the history behind the Browns and Ravens, and it's not – it's been one-sided. But, like, I just think this seems better than Houston, and I think that the, the – Kevin Stefanski's done such a good job, especially with this offense – 
and resurrecting it after people thought, oh, we lost Watson, we lost Chubb, we lost this guy, that guy. The O-line in, 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 in which game was that when uh, the entire O-line was down pretty much. Um, it's amazing. And I think now, you know, go win this thing, man. Like, they're the better team. They're an 11-win team for a reason. And they've got guys that have been there. You know, I know they had that Flacco and Rodney McLeod and others spoke to the team because they have Super Bowl experience. That's great. So go do it. Like, don't listen to some of the, 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 the naysayers and say, well, it's going to be. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Difficult to win there twice, yeah, I guess, but it's not like they're going to Lambo. <laughs> Come on. Let a naysayer know, as I always say. <laughs> I, you know, oh my God. here's the thing about that, though. because So the Flacco part is what's most interesting about this matchup because I think there are some in Cleveland who expect – 2013 Joe Flacco and it's not just in Cleveland I think it's I think that's the last playoff memory because that's the brightest playoff memory his Eli Manning run that won them the Super Bowl and I think people have equated what he did down the stretch to that and the reality is those four games he played in in 2012 were some of the cleanest football he ever played in his career and so you, you factor that into the fact this is a rematch, and all of a sudden, Houston does have two guys who can get after Joe Flacco. I think that adds intrigue. I'm still confident. I'm still really where you are on this, that you're the better team. I think I think your ability to to both run the ball and, and pass the ball on this team are going to be the difference because they're kind of a middle-of-the-road defense. The only thing they really do well is get after the quarterback, but I think that's the wild-card factor is Anderson and Grenard being able to get after Joe Flacco and whether that brings out lesser Joe Flacco or whether Joe still goes out there and drops 300 like he did three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I watched Gardner Minshew on a fourth-string running back not connect on a fourth down that probably could have won the Colts the game. And then we'd be talking about Browns-Colts this weekend. So it's not like Houston went in. Look, Houston played a really good game. D'Amico Ryans, you could argue, will get coach of the year votes. We all obviously think Stefanski should get it. There, there's an argument for Dan Campbell. There's an argument for Ryans. There's an argument for Matt LaFleur. There's a lot of great candidates. And Ryans has done a great job. But, like, that's a Texans team that, like you said, with a healthy Will Anderson last week, with a healthy C.J. Stroud, narrowly defeated a Colts team without their quarterback and a Colts team, nobody, that's another guy, Steichen for coach of the year, that nobody expected to be there. So I still think even if the, the big thing for me, Nick, for Saturday is, yeah, Will Anderson can be a monster and get around the edge a couple of times. As long as Flacco holds on to the ball, 
There's no strip sacks. There's no picks. If he just handles, takes a few sacks, but doesn't turn it over, I think the Browns are going to be okay. Now, if Flacco turns into, what was it, the Jets game or whatever it was, we started throwing interceptions, then then we got a problem. But if he holds on to the football and there's a sack or two or there's a little bit of pressure and he throws it away, as long as there's not stupid turnovers on the road that hand the Texans opportunities, I think the Browns can be just fine. I think it's interesting what you said there, stupid turnovers, because he's turned the ball over in every game that he's played since being the Browns quarterback. But I think, think back to that first Texans game. I haven't, I didn't have, unlike the the Rams uh, interception, unlike the, the two second half uh, interceptions he had against the Jets, I didn't have any problems with the kinds of interceptions he threw against Houston four weeks ago because one was in into the end zone because he didn't have a kicker at the end of the half, the first half, so it didn't cost you anything. And the other one was a sideline throw that, if I remember correctly, there was an immediate, unlike five plays later, the, yeah. the Browns got the ball back. Yeah. So, like, those are, to me, those are unoffensive turnovers if either your defense can negate them or – it is situational, and it basically becomes like a long punt. What about the Bears game? I mean, they couldn't block Montez Sweat. That was the game where all the entire offensive line was hurt, and Chicago was just bowling over him at times and, and getting in, in his face. Threw a couple of first-half picks, I think, in that game, and then ended up – what ended up happening, Nick? They won. So that's the thing. Style points – the style points have never been a Cleveland Browns thing. All right? But, like – you know, you want style points. You got to go back to Slaughter and Langhorn, but like it's in Biner and Mac, but just, just get it done because I do think there's going to be some of those Chicago moments where Anderson's going to maybe, you know, do, but as long as you hold on to the ball, I think the Browns will be all right. I truly believe that they've found ways to win this year. And that's why, you know, I heard uh, Baskin and Phelps talk about it. PFF said coach of the year should be uh, Stefanski assistant of the year should be Schwartz. Well, then, then, then go out, out, you know, out scheme Ryan's in that group, and let's move on. I think I realized. I, I just realized what you're doing. We do this in radio all the time. When somebody's like, "Hey, did you hear person X?" You're like, "What do you think about them?" You're like, "They're a really nice person," and uh, you really like they, they. You mentioned the intangibles, yeah. right? Like not not a locker room problem at all, right? Just gets along with everybody. Get along, guy. And they're like, "No, no, no, no." no. But like, what did you think of the show? That's what you're doing to the Houston Texans here. You're I saying all the right things that you're saying all the right things, but in reality, you don't respect the Houston Texans. Well, no, you're going to get me in trouble with our buddy Landry Locker down in Houston. He'll uh, he'll find a way to tweet at me. But like, <laughs> no, I they have a good team, but like, I would be really scared if Tank Dell was there. Like that dude scares me, and he's not there. You know, like that. To me, I think like you said, if you put Ward on Collins and and limit him. You know, Schultz is a little bit banged up. Their tight end's good, but he's not 100%. Uh, Dell's a guy that I thought really came on this year, and without him, I think that hurts their offense big time. 216-474-0092. At Nick Wilson says on uh, X, social media reactions brought to you by our friends. It's Scheibman Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Aaron Schatz was on with Peterlin last night, and he was talking about Joe Flacco, and he was kind of riling some fans up with how he was talking about Joe Flacco. They kind of pointed to the two Joe Flaccos that uh, that kind of exist in this conversation. The guy that we've seen, and it's really like there's even been two Joe Flaccos we've seen over the last five games, but like 
that guy that we've seen the last few games and the guy who was there the, the previous five years? Here's what Aaron had to say. I think it's more an issue of, like, what do you believe in the last three years or a few games? Right, like by my numbers, he's been above average uh, in the few games that he's played for Cleveland. No question about it. But like, do we learn more from that four or five games, or do we learn from the last three years? And the last three years tell us that he's probably a below average quarterback. But you know, maybe not necessarily that much below average. But this team is still going to be driven by defense. They're not going to be driven by their offense. They're going to be driven by their defense. I actually agree with the last line about the importance of the defense overall. And I, I think you kind of have to take that conversation, Flacco versus the defense by game. But I'll be honest with you. Like, we're, we're comparing these five games. Do you know how many games that, that Joe Flacco has played in the last the three years previous to this? Twelve games. That's a thing. And, and, and let's recall who he played for the year before this. Yes. A, a franchise that's not serious about NFL football. Mm-hmm. The Jets? Come on. They don't does that count as an NFL franchise? Well Hey, we're gonna put all of our eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket. How'd that go? Like, give me a break. Now, Joe Flacco with the Jets did come to Cleveland and win, ironically enough. But like, I'm not sitting here saying that you you're right. It's very simple to say, well, I'm just gonna take the Flacco from three years ago or from the last three years. Of course. He deteriorated. He got old. The Ravens moved on from him. The Jets moved on. I get that. But, like, right here, right now, isn't he working with the perfect OC and the perfect head coach, and it's working, and the system's good, and the offensive line in front of him's good? No one's telling him, hey, we gotta, we need you this week. We're going to put some wildcat in. They're not doing that. So I think that's a little unfair. Well, and I just think it's uh, – I, I think it gets back to that context thing. Like – he didn't have an offensive play caller in New York that has the fit right with the you know turn your back to the quarterback play action all the different or sorry turn your back to the defense play action all the kind of stuff that uh, you know Stefanski uh, adores. So offensively, he didn't fit the offense as well in the in the system as well. And then here's the other thing: I think offensive line matters for everything we've talked of about. It does. Like oh, yeah. with with a guy like Flacco, it's unfair to expect him to play well if his offensive line isn't producing. And what's been wild is the last two weeks he was in there, and I know Montez Sweat uh, just had had himself a day in Chicago, but against Houston and against uh, New York, the tackles really played well. And overall, the interior of the offensive line was phenomenal this year when you had all three guys in there. So I think those two things are the difference maker. Like, I, I don't think it's as simple as, oh, flash in the pan or not. Like I think, I think context matters, and I think this is the best context he's had, which is why he's been the best version of himself. And I also don't think that Aaron Nick was saying, "Uh-oh, if Flacco has a bad first quarter and is getting snowed under, they're gonna have to go to they're gonna have to turn to Driscoll or Walker." I don't yeah. think he's saying that. Yeah. But I think, yes. Does the defense set the tone for this? Of course it does. Did. Did Miles Garrett have to be Superman to win in Indy earlier this year with a block field goal and the sack safety? All the, yes, of course. That 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 played a role in a factor in some of the Browns' wins this year. And that is the strength of their team. But Flacco's played really well. Can we give him a little bit of credit and not go, well, uh, this week it could turn into the Joe Flacco of, of 2020? Come on. I mean, that's, you know, it's like you do that in baseball all the time, right? A guy has a great April and you go, yeah, but he's – He's just maybe people got better. Maybe it's the system works out. Maybe it's fit. 
And right now the Browns are clicking with this guy. Do I expect him to be the next Joe Montana the next few weeks? No. But if he's solid, and like I said before, takes care of the rock, then I think they'll win some games here. I also think this is the beginning, uh, the, the true beginning of a Flacco legend. Like, we've seen so many nice regular season runs. The first, I think, eight, nine games of Brian Hoyer in 2014. Honestly, the Baker 2020 season. But, like, we've we've seen moments where guys, individual players have had cool historical runs. You know, or not historical, but um, to us, relevant runs. But I think... I think the difference between Joe Flacco and those jerseys sticking around into next year and beyond and and being more than just a, a cool piece of of trivia who uh who was the fourth quarterback to win a game for the Browns in, in 2023, I think this weekend is where it begins. I think if he wins this weekend, I think the the legend of Joe Flacco in Cleveland will spiral out of control. Oh yeah. No. And if he let's say he throws for four twenty or four ten. Or 390 and they still lose i still think the legend will be there because we're so used to the browns unfortunately and here's when i start getting negative brownsing <laughs> at the worst possible time this is just what we've all been born with you know i mean i don't have to take you back to the 80s or red right 88 or and it's other crap but like this team i think is good enough to make a run and he's in the perfect spot right now but i also and aaron brought up a decent point i mean you know I don't think anybody's expecting, oh, this is going to be a shootout this week and it's Flacco versus Stroud. No, if the defense doesn't come to play and the corners have an off game and the Texans are able to block Miles Garrett and the other guys, yeah, it could be a long day. But I don't think it's going to be because Flacco turned into, you know, Joe from two years ago or at the end of his Ravens run. And I don't, I think Stefanski and, and, and Alex and everybody, I think they know, I think they know how to cater this and, and spin it so that, They'll put him in the best possible position. I kind of want to build off where you were just there. We'll throw this out, 216-474-0092. Do, does Joe Flacco need to win this game, this this first weekend against Houston, uh, in the super wildcard weekend to cement his status as more than just a nice regular season story? We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.